0: Love, talk, radio. Welcome to Last First Date Radio, featuring interviews with experts in dating, relating, and mating in midlife. And now, here's your host, Sandy Weiner.
1: Hello and welcome to Last First Date Radio, the place to be for creating healthy, lasting relationships in midlife. Today, I'm excited to be speaking with naturopathic doctor, therapist, and author Carolyn Hauser Carson about overcoming sexual trauma, seven steps to healing. And in my 10 years as a certified life and dating coach, I have helped women identify and heal unhealthy patterns from their past and honor and value all the parts of themselves, especially the parts that people told them were too much or not enough. When you show up as the real you in every part of your life, when you stand up for what matters most to you and speak up, especially when it is scary, you will become the woman of value who lives her best life and finds her best partner. Every week I bring you a tip on how to become that woman of value and this week's tip is step number 16 which is don't make assumptions. How many times have you jumped to a conclusion about somebody when you found out later that you were all wrong? And in fact, last night I was out to dinner with a good friend of mine and we passed these two guys who she knew, Um, they were outside eating at a different restaurant, and they look like you know nice 20-something guys, sort of dressed kind of like punky, and she said you would never know by looking at one of those guys, but he's going to medical school, he's just brilliant guys working in a sneaker store right now everybody's got a story that uh, lies within and we need to really be curious instead of making assumptions just think about how you don't want people to assume things about you right um, so before i bring on my guest i just wanted to give a little shout out for my private facebook group we have over 2300 i think we're up to 2400 women in there This is a group for single women over 40. We do have some women who are married or in relationships who have found their partners while they were in the group, Uh, but this is really a group of positive support. The focus is on being a woman of value throughout your dating life and throughout your life in general. So if you would like to join us, go to Facebook groups and look for Your Last First Date. That's Your Last First Date on Facebook. And now for my guest, Carolyn Hauser-Carson. She is a German-trained naturopathic doctor, humanistic psychotherapist, and family constellations facilitator. She's also the author of the books Blossom and The Pleasure IQ. She's an internationally recognized teacher on the subjects of healing and women's empowerment Woohoo! for almost two decades. Carolyn combines her knowledge to help women to have love-filled lives that flow with ease and amazing results. Her work is based on the intersection of where the human body and experience meets past and even ancestral trauma and shows how each individual's authentic and true self is the source of one's own good, a place of unlimited abundance, creativity, courage, and joyful existence. I could not agree with that more. Join me now for episode number 305 What's Next After Me Too, Seven Steps to Sexual Healing. Welcome, Carolyn.
0: Thanks for having me.
1: My pleasure. Thank you. Uh, sounds like we're very aligned in many areas. So yeah. let's get started and jump into it and talk about the topic. Um, what is your connection to the Me Too movement?
0: Well, you know, I didn't uh, grow up as a child thinking, oh, when I when I'm big, I want to be somebody who helps people heal sexually. That was not my childhood dream. Uh, <laughs> But um when I was when I was uh, when I turned ten I started um suffering from an and, and was um very sick all throughout my teenage years basically until my early twenties and tried all kinds of things and nothing would really help me to get better. And then in my early twenties my mother found a modality called Family Constellations and luckily she hadn't given up on me and kept slapping me to things including Indian saints and all <laughs> wow. kinds of other things. Yeah. Um, and so I went and um, received a constellation session, basically, and within six months was completely healed. Wow. And so th- that, that kind of happened, and I was at a time in my life where I really didn't know what to do you know, what to really do with my life. I was still really young and just looking. And I told a friend the story. I told him what had happened. And he said, oh, my God, like, if you have figured out how to heal from this, you have to make this your life work. And so I, I spent my entire 20s, you know, when other go, others go to college and party, I it's a different different and visited different healers and studied to b- become a naturopathic doctor and humanistic psychotherapist. And so by, by the time I had my daughter in my late 20s and got married, I really thought I had worked through everything and I was ready to work with people. I had clients at that point. And then with my daughter turning three, um, in my early 30s, memories of um, my childhood sexual abuse came back. And I was really... um. I was really thrown for a hoop. It was really caught me by, you know, it didn't really catch me by surprise, but in some ways it did because um, I thought I had worked through everything. And um, luckily I had a spiritual mentor at the time and and went to him and said, hey, you know, I can't function right now. I have a little child, I have clients, and I can't be there for them. That's how bad it was. And he just said, well, you know, chances are that this coming out, now in your life really means that this is actually part of your purpose and what you're meant to be doing in your life. And I've always wanted to write a book. That year, I actually had started writing a book. I didn't know what it was about. I just sat down and started writing.
1: <laughs> and oh. so
0: then it became really clear that, you know, um, my first book had had to be around how to heal from this and... um I had had several books in my life that really changed my life, and so I I envisioned um, my book to be a book that people could really use as a transformational tool. And so I conceptualized it, and I took myself and a a group of women through the process and kind of got their feedback and then took all of their feedback and created the book. And so that's my connection to childhood sexual abuse, sexual abuse, and the Me Too movement by default.
1: (laughs) Mm. Wow, that is an amazing story, and I love how you found your purpose through through crisis, through what happened to you, but through the healing, which is such a beautiful thing. When you can share how you have healed, um, you can share your process with others. I think that's yeah, totally and, ha- and having had that feeling, of, had this
0: feeling, you know, I'm going through this not for myself but for others, that really helped me tremendously. Mm-hmm. Oh, the whole yeah. time I was, you know, working on it, I could feel all the other and I, could, I felt really connected to them, and I didn't feel alone, and yeah.
1: Mm. You know, I've heard people say, even if you're going through abuse, and you're afraid to speak up to the perpetrator, that sometimes just... Thinking that you're doing it for the for someone else, not just for yourself, but you're doing it for all the people who come after you. And I think that's mm-hmm. something to keep in mind because so many times you're so afraid and it, you feel so small, but actually we have incredible power to speak up to abusers and um, you know, or to to learn how to deal with them in a in a much more effective way. Um, I'm just curious about one thing before we go on, and that is why. What do you think is the connection with your daughter turning three and the sexual abuse? Did it happen when you were very, very young?
0: Yeah, it started when I was three. Mm-hmm.
1: Oh, wow. So it yeah, just brought that, that back.
0: Yeah. Wow. Yeah.
1: yeah. Fascinating. Um, so thanks for sharing that. And let's let's talk about the healing process. So can you, I think you have, you have seven steps, correct? Mm-hmm. So let's, let's start at step number one. What is that first step? The
0: first step, and actually BLOSSOM blossom came to me as the word, and I didn't quite know. I mean, it I had a feeling to it, and I really liked it. And um, then I, once I was working with the material, it actually turned out it's an acronym. So every letter of the word stands for one of the steps. So the first step starts with a B, is bring your mind on board. And it has to do with letting your subconscious know What it's going to, what the journey is about, basically, because when we try to to change and we don't have our subconscious on board,
1: there's going to be a lot
0: of resistance and it makes it much harder to create any kind of change. So the first step is to just do whatever we can so that there's not as much resistance as if we didn't do that.
1: Mm. And then, yeah.
0: And then the second step do you want me to just go through the steps?
1: Yeah, let's go through all the steps.
0: Yeah, and then if you want to interrupt me, just interrupt me if you have questions. Okay. <laughs>
1: I'll
0: pause. <laughs> um, L stands for landing within yourself. My approach is very much based on a body-centric approach, so it's not so much uh psychological or mental health kind of approach. And um, it, it, the healing actually entails learning to be in your body and knowing how to use your body. So landing within yourself is a prerequisite to being able to use your body as a healing tool, and mm-hmm. it has a lot to do with really coming back and feeling and, and sensing and literally being in your body. So very much, um, yeah, body-centric um, somatic experiencing is, is one of the modalities that's similar to what I'm doing. Don't know if you've come across that. Um, mm-hmm. And then O, the next letter is for opening to intuition. Your intuition is the connection to your higher self. And when we are in connection with our higher self, we can never go wrong, right? That's the part that will keep us safe. That's the part that will lead us towards our greater fulfillment, um, towards fulfilling our purpose. And for most of us, we have disconnected from that part and um, don't trust ourselves and so forth. So reestablishing that connection is really important in order to heal the connection and relationship to yourself. And then S, mm-hmm. the fourth step, is one of the most, that's the one so the most challenging and I think most misunderstood step and sometimes I get a lot of flack for for it because it has to do with seeing with the eyes of truth and taking responsibility and a lot of people think you're to blame and Far from what I mean by saying taking responsibility and seeing with the eyes of truth. It really more has to do with learning how you can step out of a victim um, position where you feel like this happened to you and you're damaged and there's nothing that you can do about it into a paradigm where you ask yourself, you know, why would it make sense that I had to go through this experience right in my life it made sense to go through this experience because i wanted to learn about power and i wanted to see how i give away my power and and i wanted to learn so i can help other people to um reclaim their power and because we all do it, we all give away our power in one way or another Mm -hmm. and so my seeing with the eyes of truth has to do with you know for you individually to look at why would it make sense that I would have planned for this experience in my life, assuming that we all came here because we wanted to have a certain experience, right? And so getting out of the whose fault it was and and beyond that and, and asking questions that really help you and empower you.
1: And not yeah, I, I, this is, I can understand why people would really give you flack for this one because I've yes. gotten flack for the same thing. I I was once part of a, a single forum and somebody was talking about abuse, and it um it's like never your fault like you, you never have any responsibility for it at all and I disagreed that not that you caused it, but that you played a part in it, and for whatever reason you know we learn from like an abusive relationship, an abusive marriage I'm not talking about when you're three years old, and you have absolutely no power at all but you do go through experiences um and you learn like why did why did you tolerate a 20 year marriage with somebody who talked down to you the entire time and yeah and also you what know, even you though
0: telling? i was three even though i was mm-hmm. three i could have gone to my parents you know i could have said something i mean i wasn't threatened you know or anything like that i mm. decided to not say anything hmm. you know I, I mean i was very confused also but
1: um, yeah, it is. So confusing. I was,
0: I was the one, even you know, even though I was three years old, I was the one that gave away my power. That that was my learning, right? In my journey, is like, wow, this is how I did it. Like if I if I had if I had known what I know now, if I had known that I could just go and be safe and talk to people, and that I actually you know, people wanted to help me, it would have been very different. So
1: yeah. Have you? Have you talked to your parents about it since then?
0: yeah, I mean, you know writing the book and, and <laughs> yeah, that pretty public it was a, um and also actually my my brother and my sister in law helped me with the book design, so that mm. whole year and actually i you know i I wrote the book seven years ago and it came out six years ago, so we had a whole year of family processing, and my grandfather, who is my abuser, he had already passed away mm. and um yeah, I've always felt, um, a very, you know, even though this happened, I've always felt a very close connection with him, and I do know that at this point I know that, you know, we had made a pact and to come together to this world, and he, had, he basically had to play the role of the abuser for me to be able to do my work, right? So I know that he's watching from the other side and helping me now and supporting me and Hmm. even though he you know he was the bad guy in the whole scenario
1: yeah well that's part yeah. of compassion and forgiveness I don't know if that's one yeah. of the steps but uh, <laughs> that's um, um.
0: it's more really to you know when you see with eyes of. so for me also meant to see my grand like the reason why I didn't say anything <clears throat> is because I knew my grandfather's history my grandfather had lost both his parents in World War II and was an orphan and alcoholic because of it, right? And so I mm. I knew that, even though I was only three, right? So I I just wanted to do any... I would have done anything out of love for him to mm. make it better, right? And mm-hmm. we, as children, we do that. We we do it out of a blind love because we think that somehow we can ease the burden if we take it on.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: And, you know, most of this obviously happens subconsciously and not consciously. We do it out of, a, yeah, blind... In, in the constellation yeah. world, we call it a blind love. Mm-hmm.
1: Hmm. Interesting.
0: Or we sacrifice ourselves and think that that will help somebody else not have so much
1: pain. Right. Well, that's a lot of codependency is based on that. Mm hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah.
0: So then. All the, right. So
1: let's move on the, to the next S. Yeah. The,
0: the fifth step is uh, actually where you learn how to stretch beyond your limits and, and do the actual integration work, which. um. Essentially, when trauma happens, it's really um, more of an energetic impact than a psychological one it's it's your body is your house, and it's as if lightning had stricken your house so anything any wiring in your house would melt down and just be not you know be not usable or work not quite right anymore and so the the healing process is of the having the lightning, you go into your house your body and you find the parts that have melted and need to be mended and you do need to use your body to do that and so in the fifth step um based on everything that you've done before coming to the step you will be able to actually know how to use your body at that point to do the transformational work and then the, the sixth step is called own all of who you are Um, This is an important step because it starts moving into relationship. We all come from feminine and masculine energy streams and um, most of us have conflict within ourselves, either within our own masculine, feminine or literally with our parents. And um, it's very important to integrate and clean up those relationships so that you can be in harmony and feel good about yourself and then also have good relationships because my book, you know, even though it's about healing, it's really about creating a different life for yourself where you feel good, where you can start creating the things that you want, including amazing relationships with good-feeling intimacy and and success in, you know, in your work and in, in in your purpose. And then the last step is called Meet the World and Your Beloved in Wholeness, and it's really about how to to be different in the world, how to feel safe in the world, and um, how to really be the person that you know you came here to be, without feeling damaged and um, all of that. Yeah. Mm.
1: So your beloved is your partner. Yes. Yes. Okay, so it's it's like feeling safe in the world with yourself and being yes. the best you can be or the most. Expressed or however you want to explain it, and yeah, also being that way with your beloved is that is that what you mean? Mm-hmm. So
0: literally for some, you know for people that are in a relationship at that point their relationship will be very different and ha- you know there's tools that you, that people in a relationship can use, and then also tools when you're if you're single at that point in the journey, oftentimes people are starting to actually opening up and starting to date again and and. It's all around, like, how can you be in your feminine and feel safe and really invite the pleasures of being in a romantic, intimate relationship into your life again, whether you're mm-hmm. with somebody or not with somebody.
1: Okay. That makes yes. sense. Um, and, and this is something I see so often is there's, even without sexual trauma, there's trauma. There's all kinds of traumas that we experience. Yeah. And, and I think that one of the biggest, Blocks to love is fear um, Well it is yes. probably The biggest block And false um, False reasoning For uh, Not letting love in And um, you know Doing this healing work Is so so critical I think that people don't realize The the sabotaging that they do uh, There's somebody in my group Who says I don't really have deal breakers. I don't really have too many and then every post she has is about, you know, a man has to do this and he has to do that and he can't do this and he can't do that. And I'm like, you are so not conscious of what you're doing here mm-hmm. um, but it's she's never been married. She's she's just putting so many blocks and so many hoops that a man has to go through in order to be in her life that she really is going to stay single her whole life unless she's open to to healing whatever is blocking her so it's really really important work um so so if a woman doesn't feel safe with men and um she wants to start and i know several women like this how can she feel safe again um
0: It really has to do with understanding your brain chemistry. So when trauma happens, your brain basically gets kicked into overdrive and and an overprotective drive. And our brain has three parts to it. The lower lower part, when you put your hand on the neck, kind of, um, that part is the reptilian brain. It's our oldest brain. It's very instinctual. It has to do with our survival. And so when trauma happens, that brain kind of gets put in charge. The problem with that is that it really is only good at surviving, and and mm-hmm. keeping you safe, so that becomes problematic when it's you know when it, in in terms of relationships because relationships are not about surviving they're about thriving thriving. Mm-hmm. And so in many ways for you to be able to feel safe, um, first of all you have to understand that this happened, and then you need to learn things that will help this part of the brain to calm down and relax, so that you can have access to the higher parts of your brain and be a more relaxed and resourced space. And, um, again, the body-centered exercises and, and, and ways that I'm teaching, they really help you do that. And um, I do have several free gifts on my website that will help you do that if you want to get started there. And um, so it's really about learning to help the your brain calm down so that you have to your wise woman basically who knows that she's safe
1: mm-hmm. so there's no more like adrenal response to mm-hmm. what happened before um, mm-hmm. There's. do you know about EMDR therapy? Mhm. so that um, I had a friend who used to teach EMDR and uh, I think she still does and she practices it and And what I found fascinating was that as a therapist, she was working with many rape and incest victims who really, through talk therapy, were not healing. And when she started doing this type of therapy, which for anybody who doesn't know is it's a way of reprocessing uh, the trauma that you've experienced and it comes in in a different way so that you're not reactive anymore. You, You learn to reprocess. And, um, and it's, it's the the healing rate went up tremendously. I mean, it was amazing. Um, the recovery. The tr- you know, she did she did a lot of work with first responders and at mm-hmm. hurricane sites, and you know, just helping people who were experiencing trauma in the moment, um, so that they didn't continue to re-experience the post-traumatic stress
0: yes. disorder.
1: Yeah. Um. Uh, all right. So. The heavy stuff we're talking about here but this is really important because <laughs> i think a lot of people feel really stuck and they feel that if this happened to them they just you know they're doomed you know it's it yes. colors their sexual relationships colors all their relationships
0: everything um, yeah
1: yeah you become very reactive to people you start well you know my whole thing about not making assumptions I think people yes. who go through this immediately jump to conclusions because it's a it's to keep you safe. Like, oh, that yes. person's dangerous. Nope, nope, stay away. Yeah,
0: and it happens. You know, it happens before we are actually conscious of it because the subconscious, the uh, reptilian brain, is fast.
1: Mm-hmm. Yeah, and safe is actually not really safe. It keeps you kind of boxed in, safe, and yeah. it's sort of where all of our sabotaging, uh, all of our saboteurs start out as as things that kept us safe all those things like self-criticism those are all things that kept us from getting hurt but it also kept us from finding love and opening up and having intimacy and vulnerability and all the things that are important to having the kind of deep vibrant life that you want so it's important to do this this work um and uh, just one thing before we go on. I, I'm not sure if I got the B on, on the blossom. What was the B again?
0: Bring your mind on board.
1: Okay, that's what I thought. And that's to help reduce resistance. Yes. To change. Okay. Mm-hmm. Um, all right. I would love to hear how you met your husband and soulmate, Paul. I think everybody mm-hmm. would love to hear that story. Is this, is this a new husband? Yes. Okay. It's
0: yeah, been two years. So for me, actually, um, I, I had been in many relationships, and also I had been married. I have two children with my first husband, and my first husband and I, we kind of met, and he was twice my age. He was 25 years older than I, and I was, we were just hanging out, and I got pregnant with using birth control. So I really felt, and I had been wanting children at that time, so I felt um, basically my, I had an arranged marriage. Because, you know, it happened with you with birth control and it was just okay was to be. And the whole time I felt like there was somebody else and he was not the one. And that was kind of a theme throughout my life. From when I was 18, I was basically looking for the one. And I was with people, but they were never quite the one. And then through working on myself, you know, I learned that, well, the reason why I was looking for the one is just because I'm not happy with myself. And then I did go for a little while, but it would just never go away.
1: <laughs> mm-hmm.
0: went through different phases with it, you know. And then, um, when I when I um, after I had my second child, I just really went through a phase where I'm, I needed to be honest with myself, and um, I really had made myself a promise that I if I if I would get married, I would marry out of love, and I hadn't married out of love, so I basically had to end my first marriage, and then set out on really finding my soulmate, and then it still took a couple more relationships till I was finally at the point where I was okay. I was, I was, I kept d- being with people who were, you know, almost a match, but I would still feel like, I would still be looking, I would still feel like there's somebody else out there, and, you know, one of them didn't like children, and I still, you know, there, there were things where a lot of it was good, and then there were a few things that weren't quite right, and so the the, the learning is that I was the one basically settling for, for less, and so in, in at the end of 2015, I, I came to a point where I was just unsettling, and basically said, "Okay, for 2016, I'm, I'm really going to allow myself all the things I've been putting off for 20 years, which is being with my soulmate, owning a house, and and dancing." Oh. And so I started with the dancing because obviously that was more in my power, and and. Um, I, I had enough energy to take photos, do photos, and put them up on Match.com, but I did not have it in me to actually even look for people on Match because I've had a couple, really not so good experience with Match.com. Uh huh. And um, then within a week, Paul basically found found me on Match.com. Oh. And, and the, the interesting thing to know was because I was so clear, that it had to be you know the one for me. So I said in my match. Um, profile, I said, I'm looking for my divine partner, because that's really who I wanted to be with, and the little voice inside of me said, oh my God, you're crazy, you know, everybody's going to judge you and think you're like a lunatic or a woohoo person, (laughs) and I got no response, you know, for like a week, and then uh, the only response I got was from Paul, and he said, oh, I think it's really curious or interesting that you think a partner could be divine, and then we started texting and had our first date within like a few days, and have been together ever since. And yeah. so the, the you know what I want to tell everybody if you have this feeling that the one is out there for you is actually true. Like he, the moment I met him, the the feeling that went away, you know, it was like, oh, here he is. No wonder I've been looking all my life. I've been actually looking for a certain person, him, you know. Mm. Our souls were already connected and he, you know, for him it's the same way. He's been looking for 20 years too.
1: Wow. So, That's yeah. A great story. Yeah, so well, I have on to say, <laughs> yeah, no, it's a beautiful message, and I, I want to say that it didn't just happen because you kept looking, it also happened because you became the woman who would attract yes. in that man, so it's a yes. two-part process, I think yes. you, you really have to clear out the muck, you have to really, you know, love and love yourself, honor yourself, and and know that you are valuable enough to have what you want. I mean, you, yeah. you, you let yourself have your wishes and yeah. that's why vision boards are great. You know, when people really mm-hmm. wish and let, allow themselves to let go and, and let yeah. love in, love will often show up. Yeah. Um, well, that's a great place to end today. And um, I'm really happy for you that you found each other and um, it's it's, it's just important because so many people have given up hope. So thank you for helping yep. helping people believe in love again. And I know that you have some gifts on your website. So can you just let everybody know what those? You, you mentioned it before, but just let people know what your website is and what they can find there.
0: Yeah, my website is womenintheflow dot com. the F L O W dot com. And mm-hmm. the two for gifts that I have, I have a. Um, pleasure IQ quiz so basically I help people to um, allow themselves pleasure in all areas of their life and the ability to do so your ability to do so is indicated by an IQ so there's a test that you can take to see where you are in, in terms of your pleasure IQ and your ability to do so and then the two most important tools to help you really allow yourself to have everything that you want have to do with learning what your true yes and no feels like and there's an audio on my website that will will teach you how to do that and then also learning how to get yourself into a high vibrational um energetic space and so the second or the third free gift it all comes as a bundle
1: um it's also on my website wow beautiful very generous yeah. And very helpful, very very useful for people who are looking for love and want to um, and want to really just get centered in their bodies and, and learn to um, trust their intuition. All the things that you stand for, which is really wonderful. So thank you so much, Carolyn, for for being on my show today and for doing this really important work out in the world. Thanks for having me. My pleasure. And thank you, everybody, for listening. If you love this show, please go over to iTunes, leave us a review, subscribe. Um, It really helps our show get, get more popular and reach more people. So thank you so much, and I hope that you all go on your last first date very soon. Have a great day.